listening to Terrifying Women, a podcast about the women who keep us up at night. Terrifying Women, a podcast about the women who keep us up at night. Okay. <laughs> uh, I am Kelly, and I am here with Mark, and we are people who like movies. That's, that's true. That's accurate. Yeah, that, that is true. <laughs> and we got time on our hands. <laughs> we do have some time on our hands. Uh, I additionally used to write some horror fiction, but <laughs> that's been so far in the past, it seems. Right. Yeah. Uh, yes. I, I've done some horror fan fiction. I'm okay. not sure that counts. But <laughs> well, I mean, as long as it's well, I don't know. I don't know. Was it any sort of slash stuff? <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> With, yeah. it was. It was the horniest, gayest take on The Shining you have ever, ever thought of. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. It wasn't an old. It wasn't the old crone coming out of the shower. Nope. <laughs> Nope, it was <laughs> Ghost of Boyfriend's Future. Oh, Lord. There you go. Okay, so this movie is was 2022, and it, let's see, debuted at South by Southwest and was really well received and subsequently picked up by, stop clicking your pen, oh. <laughs> picked up by Bloomhouse. Okay. Can, I, I'm watching your face. Can you guess what it is? I'm trying to guess, but I mean, I need, I need a few more clues for sure. Okay. All right. Um, the director is an American-born Brazilian Chinese woman from San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this script is based almost entirely on her lived experience, um, but amped up. I'm not there yet. I'm still not there yet. Okay. And there's a, there's a question that I do want to talk about once we're done with the recap is, is this even horror? Because for the purposes of the podcast, I decided anything that IMDb says is horror is going to count. Right. But that doesn't necessarily always, you know, count for me. Well, and then that's the thing. I'm much more, I'm much more liberal with, you are. with what I consider horror. I'm just like, if anything is remotely scary to me, even if it's a reality situation, then that's right. horror. That's it. So, so yeah, you might consider this horror. I am on the edge. I, I'm, I have concerns. Okay. Oh God, I still don't. I, I don't have and it. it. I don't have it. Okay. It is soft and quiet. Soft and quiet. Oh my God. Soft and quiet. <laughs> oh Jesus, Mary and Joseph. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Were you ever gonna get there? Is it? Is it horror? It's definitely horror. It's the. It it's, is. It is a reflection of the most horrific times in America. It is horrific, yes. I will absolutely 1,000% agree with that. It is horrific, but I don't know that I'd call it horror. I mean, it's horror in the way that, like, American History X is horror. Right. I mean... Which has never been classified as horror. I think that, I think that there are beats that American History X is definitely more sort of a literary take on racism. Whereas Soft and Quiet, although we haven't discussed what the premise of that this movie is, Soft and Quiet is actually filmed more like a horror movie. So the beats of okay. it are like, it's kept kind of secret. You're led into it slowly. So you get to know these women before she ever pulls out her swastika cake. And then... <laughs> I mean, it's if, you, okay. if you're looking at these girls, these... You know, who just wanted to get a bottle of fucking wine. Are we cursing on this well, podcast? Well, that's all Marjorie wanted. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, not the one she wanted. 
the most expensive one. But um, if we're looking at them as sort of the the victims, like the, I mean, there is a final girl. I don't. That's I don't want to give too right. much away. It's the, that's the thing. Is like, go please go watch this movie before you listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. If or or listen to the podcast first. I don't know. Sometimes I like I listen to other movie podcasts, and sometimes that just makes me want to watch it more. I think though but, that this movie in particular does require some spoiler freeness to it. Not, I don't know. I actually I I'm glad that I went into it not knowing a thing about it. Yeah. Because, yeah, I, I think I, I was mortified. I was mortified by the time we hit the the group session the at the church. Yeah, the reveal. And then th- just how it kept going from there. And it was just like, there wasn't even a character that you could put yourself into. Oh, no. No, so no. You, except for maybe the, um, maybe the victims. Yes. One of the reviews on IMDb gave it a seven because it was... Terrifying, but really uncomfy. <laughs> the, the un- being uncomfortable is the point. That's the point. That's <laughs> if it. you are not uncomfortable watching Soft and Quiet, I don't want to be your friend. <laughs> You're a monster. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> and that's where the horror comes from, really. I mean, and my my bar for that's pretty low, I think. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was, I think that, yeah, we had a really hard time watching it. Really hard time. It was a struggle. It, it was almost it was a hard a, watch. It's a really hard watch. I'd say the only the only movie that I think was a harder well two more two movies that were harder to watch than this um, was Gaspar Noe's Irreversible with Monica Bellucci and the rape scene in the oh, um, that rape scene in the tunnel is yeah that's, and that's where we turned off the movie actually because right it just, no I yeah I remember it was too it just kept going for too long it was too long it was too intense it was so quiet and that was all that you that was the only sound and right i mean it was it, it <laughs> i hate to say it was well done but it was oh no it was no. definitely we, horrifying it, <laughs> the movie for sure was up to that point and i and I, I actually believe that that was like definitely his intention was to oh yeah to disturb yes, the shit absolutely. out of you and it was definitely disturbing did have you seen it all the way through now yeah 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 it, i guess it's Oh, well, I don't, we don't need to. That's right. <laughs> we don't need to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, that's much that's more. not the movie we're talking about, right? Because <laughs> the other one I was going to say was Cannibal Holocaust, and it was specifically around the the turtle killing in the early parts of that movie. Oh, which I haven't seen. Oh, wait, I, I, I can't recommend I... it. <laughs> it's the one. It just, it's like a reality, like a documentary thing where these. Yeah, it just. It doesn't seem like it'd be my thing. It's, it's absolutely wretched. I mean, I, I understand that there's a there's an element to it that is really, um, it's kind of like the I Dare You kind of a movie, like I Dare You to Watch Cannibal Holocaust. That's right, kind of, That's right, kind of right. how it was back in the 80s when um, people were talking about the movie. Although oh, yeah. I think it was done okay. in the 70s. The, the Faces of Death era. The Faces of Death era, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and that, you know what, that for the longest time, everyone thought that was real. I know. I, yeah, there was <laughs> so many like rumors around that movie. That well, it was, had to be real. It, it had the, no plot. <laughs> right. Nobody would film just a bunch of this and have it not be real. <laughs> That's right. Why would you do it? 
<laughs> anyway, yeah, I wish this wasn't real. Right. But no, so this one this one definitely feels real. And like I said, I think it probably came out of her lived experiences. It's just because she is a, a mixed race woman of color in San Francisco, uh, especially during the pandemic. <laughs> I wonder why she chose the um, the specific setting. It seemed like... Oh, why Inverness? Was it Inverness? It's... it's See, it's, I almost, in, I, in my head, I just said it in Coeur <laughs> <laughs> Because of all the trees and the lake? Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and the racists. And, and the racists. No, all right. So it was filmed in Inverness, um, and I, that's close to home. So, and it's really just a handful of locations. So that, I'm sure, was budget. But also... Probably, yeah. I... I think it just speaks to the the embedded racism in places where you wouldn't necessarily expect it. Like you expect Coeur d'Alene to yes, have right. a KKK chapter, right. but you know this kind of sweet and sleepy California mountain town. Right. That initial that initial piece when it's because actually the the scene at the church is not the first. No. Okay, so let's let's get into the let's get yes. into the movie. Yes, let's do it. Okay. So so we open on our our uh, protagonist and <laughs> our main character. <laughs> I, I, I hate to use anything positive for her. <laughs> our we, on we our open lead on our actress. on a really our lead actress <laughs> who is just the picture of Aryan health. <laughs> Yeah. She's strawberry blonde. She's super thin. She's all, she's all sharp cheekbones, sharp jawline, string straight hair. Yeah. And she's having a breakdown in a public restroom while she's taken a pregnancy test. Right. We do not see the result of the test. So we have no idea. She's crying. We don't know if it's good crying, bad crying, or what that even means. Right. So then we, we follow her out of the bathroom and... She passes a janitor in the hallway. And this really is the first time you get a, a sense of something. Because she, this, this woman's just walking by, doing her job, pushing her janitorial cart. And uh, our gal, what is her name? Emily. She she gives her the stankiest side eye. Just <laughs> for no reason whatsoever that that we know of. Mm-hmm. She walks around the corner and there's a, a kid sitting on the on the curb there waiting for his mom. And he's just, you know, a cute little blonde kid. I'm going to say eight-ish. And she's chit-chatting with him. And then the janitor comes by again and more glaring. Again, just for no discernible reason whatsoever. And then she tells the kid, oh, wait. So first, oh, she's also, damn it. She's carrying this pie. The stupid pie. She's carrying this pie. And she shows the kid the pie. I, we don't see it. She. I think that the director did a really good job with these shots of the, there's something here, but but we're not going to show you yet. And the kid's like, yeah, that looks nice. Whatever. Right. Again, he's, he's, he's a little kid. So then the janitor goes by, more side eye, and she has the kid go yell at the janitor. And she uses a, a very specific section of space where she's, I need you to be a big man here. I need you to learn how to stand up for yourself. And that's going to circle back later. So, and then that's when the kid's mom comes and she just flat lies to the mom. Mom asks what her kid's doing. She says, oh, I, I, he's, he's you know, asserting himself with the janitor because she was mopping right where he was walking and he almost fell. Like, no, he was sitting no. on the sidewalk and she was just walking by. You're just mad at her for being brown. Yeah, it's very crazy. Very crazy. It is. So then, she, so then we follow her across the parking lot. She takes her pie, walks across the parking lot, and uh, straight up the hillside 
to a church there. And this thing is taking place and it unfolds in real time. It, it's a tight timeline. They get a lot done in this 90 minutes because it is a solid 90 minute runtime, which I think is perfect for a yeah, horror I movie. For, I forget that it's it's in real time. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that can be super tricky to pull off because of, you know, sunlight. But she manages it. Right. So so we follow her into the up the hill into a church where we meet some other women. And they're just, they're having this women's group meeting at the community room at the church. Some of them know each other. Some of them don't. And finally, we get the pie reveal. It, <laughs> first of all, as a person who bakes pies occasionally, I'm offended by the pie itself. <laughs> it is an ugly pie. It's just, yes, it is, it it is. is not very full. It's, it's not well baked. <laughs> but it also has a giant swastika carved into the top of the pie and these ladies are just all agog for it they're like oh my god that is the best pie ever <laughs> and and that's that's really when you Brutal. you get it in your gut they're like oh oh no this is not gonna go well <laughs> no it's it's <laughs> terrifying i think it's interesting that like prior to the the women's meeting because it's kind of set up as a like oh god, even before the pie it's kind of set up like we're we're like concerned citizens right and we're gonna you know we're just coming together to help the community and it's all sounds very sort of common like right Super. we have these things in common it's 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 gonna be okay but even before that she meets the priest in the hallway oh yeah and he's just like he's like i don't know i don't know oh. i don't like this Actually, before that, she meets Leslie on the trail heading up too, and we get yes. we get a look at the back of Leslie's jacket as she's going into the church, and her jacket is it says um, her jacket says it's in German on the back. Love to hate in <laughs> German on the back, and I, I wrote down the German, but now I can't find it. Oh, see, I didn't I didn't catch that. I just catch the I because. Because she was invited, this is like the first time that they had ever right. Yeah, seen yeah. Each she other. she works with Kim, one of the other women from the in the store where we're going to go next. Mm-hmm. So she and Emily don't know each other, and you just you just get a glimpse of the jacket. And I it I wouldn't have even picked up on it except that it's in that like super angular. This is based on runes kind of font. Uh, that I was like, oh no, that's probably important. <laughs> right. Because you know how much they love Nordic mythology she probably has it um tattooed on her somewhere in like big blue I'm, yeah I, yeah she's got <laughs> she's a black sun somewhere i'm sure as well Libe zuhasen uh, which is love to hate love to hate yeah and that's 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 our and she sure does yes yes she does she's <laughs> in fact if we had to pinpoint a like a primary antagonist, I would say it's definitely Leslie. Yes, absolutely. Leslie Leslie is the one who incites almost everything. She is Yeah, she's like a cheerleader for hate. Yes. So so these women, there's there's six women and they sit down to introduce themselves. And and yeah, this has like a this meeting happens at every church on every Thursday afternoon across America. Feel to it, you know, and these are the these are the ladies who get together and have well-intentioned bake sales and clothing drives and other sort of community outreach stuff that then has a bunch of shame and guilt attached to it because it's involved with the church, but well-intentioned. Right, the, right, right. These these ladies are not super well-intentioned, <laughs> I would say. I've- I know. And I think that what's beautiful about this meeting 
is that even though the the topic of the meeting is is sort of racism and hate and and cleaning up their town from all right. these foreigners and all this other bullshit, it still devolves into like these sort of snippy arguments about like who's going to run the newsletter. Oh yeah, no, yeah, it has all Which is of exactly that. Exactly like a meeting. Absolutely, all of that kind of community <laughs> backbiting stuff. <laughs> like, yes. Oh, but Marjorie's handwriting isn't that great. <laughs> Right. Yeah. No. How is she going to do this? Right. Yeah. But And that all, yes, absolutely feels like every community meeting I've ever been to. Right. <laughs> Quickly default. Yes. Or any kind of meeting, frankly. Uh, yeah. I, you know, yeah. our legislative district constantly devolves into arguments about bylaws. Oh, God. <laughs> which is why I don't go. Yeah. <laughs> I, when I was when I was a kid, we were my parents were really involved with the uh, the Appaloosa Club, the Horse Club, and I remember sitting through a lot of meetings that never once talked about horses, and there was a lot of arguing about Robert's Rules and Orders. I was like, why? I, I honestly thought this was going to be a major point as an adult. Like I was going to need to know this. <laughs> Everyone's going to talk about this. right. <laughs> yeah, like like how dangerous quicksand was. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Very important to know. <laughs> so important. So, I mean, and they've all, they hit all of the, like, standard MAGA talking points for, uh, I'm tired of feeling brainwashed into feeling guilty because of the bounty our husbands and fathers and sons have created that everyone benefits from. We're like, oh, God. <laughs> and <laughs> to Marjorie, who uh, was passed over for a promotion in favor of a Colombian woman who her, her, her boss straight up told her that she had better leadership skills and Marjorie still feels slighted by this. You know, I d- develop some skills, Marjorie. Right. <laughs> you've, you've had time. Yeah. You've been in this role for two years. Stretch a little. <laughs> yeah. Try to figure out what's actually valuable other than your skin color. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then another woman's like, well, did the Colombian woman stick up for you? Stick up? What do you mean stick up for you? Because What the hell for? Right, because you were hired two days before her, um, and therefore you deserve to be promoted first? Oh my god. So yeah, there's a lot of the reverse racism talk, uh, yep. and the Asians are coming over, taking over our companies, and getting us sick. Yep. Did you... Did- did we mention who's the director? The director. Oh, I'm, we have not said her name, have we? And and I, <laughs> no, because it's because <laughs> I need a pronunciation guide because it's it's Portuguese. Beth de oh. de Arujo, 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 hmm. and I am so sorry. I'm sure I mangled that. And let me say again. Let me say I might I might be able to draw something from elementary school. I did go to school in. Um, the Azores, which is Portuguese, but let's see, soft and quiet. Hold on, there it is. I it, it's probably Araujo. Araujo, yeah. Like Araujo. That yeah, that sounds closer to the pronunciation that I listen to. So yeah. Beth de Araujo. Yeah. I know, and I keep I keep wanting to make it more Spanish, and I'm like no, that that J has a sound. <laughs> yeah. So we actually, I was now that I'm looking at the cast. We lose we lose two people. Right, we lose two people immediately after the meeting. Right, they go because one of them has like seven kids right. and has to go home. Yeah, and the other one um, has date night with her husband, Lars. Right, that's it. Okay, so after the meeting. So after the meeting. So they, they get kicked out of the church because the, 
the the yeah. priest or pastor i'm not sure what kind of church this is but uh hey he's he's like i don't you guys need to go um if you go now and go quietly i won't report you so this is not an evangelical church correct <laughs> <laughs> this <laughs> um oh the comments the comments on this particular podcast which should be right. amazing <laughs> right. Yeah, this is uh, this is um this is uh yeah certainly not a I don't know Pat Roberts style church. <laughs> no, so, not. So they they all bust up and and Emily invites everyone back to her place for some wine and right and in the parking lot Leslie one of the the one of the women that we're gonna lose immediately she's the one who has seven kids and has to go home and who whose father is the chapter president of a KKK uh, group in Nebraska. And she's been a member of the- I think that's Jessica. Jessica. Yeah. She's been a member for her entire life of this KKK group. Yeah. And she, uh, she but she's, she's more active in Stormfront because it's all online now. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, God. So as they're leaving, oh she does- You have to laugh or you'll weep. Right. <laughs> She does a full-on Nazi salute as they're leaving, and Emily returns this salute like it's something cute. Like she's all, "Oh, he t- tittering about it." Like, "Ha ha! I just, I, I just so it, look at me. I'm doing a salute." Like, "Oh, good God! This is not good. <laughs> this, these ladies are—they're no. the worst." They're, and and it's so bad. And it is, and so the four of them that we're going to follow for the rest of the film all pile into one van, and I just honestly wish it had driven off into the sea. Yes. So they drive down to Kim's store to get wine. It is seven twenty on a weekday. Why is this grocery store closed? Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. Why isn't why isn't there another employee? Right. <laughs> Wait. They, you have two employees, and they're both at the Hitler meeting. <laughs> that that. Well. That doesn't make any sense to me just from a business perspective, but whatever, you know, run your business however you want. You know, it's the times. You can't get employees. That's that's true. Nobody wants to work anymore. No one wants to work anymore. And I, I would say that this is like a during <laughs> lockdown thing, but not a single person has a mask on. So our two our two uh, Asian ladies come into the market uh, while, while our terrible women are in there buying wine and they're not wearing masks so it's not like this is a a mask mandate period of time right oh i think it could fully be during a mask mandate i it i would because this is such an isolated community that perhaps the community and it seems like a very small community it does seem like a very small community but it i don't know i i feel like if it were mask mandate that um lily and beth Mm-hmm. would have been wearing masks. Right. But I mean, there were there were definitely states that didn't implement a mask mandate. True. Anyway. And anyway. A- anyway. <laughs> they don't have masks on. So They don't have masks on. Nobody's wearing... Although, yeah, it, it's the these uh, the terrible church ladies definitely are not mask wearers. No. So these the, the two Asian ladies, Lily and Beth, they walk into the store, and that's when things start to get... take another really disturbing turn. Yes. Because there's there has been an altercation. There has well so, previously. Previously, and and we yeah. we did get one brief moment on the trail where uh, Emily dismissed a phone call from the county jail uh, from a man named Jeff that she just didn't want to talk to at the moment. Uh, but that's the only 
only hint that we get about anything there. So Emily's in the back of the store. The two Asian ladies come in. Leslie I really aggressively says, well, we're closed and you need to go. And they're like, we, we just, just want to buy a bottle of wine. You're checking her out. So, you know, you've got to register open. And it's it's just a thing. I mean, and I again, this is a small town. I, it's not like there's another Safeway across the street. No. This, it, it, okay. it feels like this is the only grocery store slash wine availability for at least a mile. Right. So she just wants to buy some wine. I, and just just take the woman's money for some wine. <laughs> and the younger one, Lily. So Lily is the, you know, stand up for, for herself gal. And she's like, just, just, you know, just sell us some wine. And Kim's giving her the whole, I have the right to refuse service. Blah, blah, blah. And then the older one's like, okay, look, I just want a bottle of wine. I'll buy your most expensive wine. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. And then Emily steps out from the back and the older woman, Beth, uh, her face kind of just goes blank and she grabs Lily's arm and says, all right, let's go. That's his brother. Or that's, that, I'm sorry. That's his sister. <laughs> or he's her brother. So, you know, we know that they have some history. Emily's like, oh no, no, you said you were going to buy the most expensive wine. Buy your wine. So it's re- it gets really uncomfortable watching her quietly walk over, grab a bottle of just looks like cheap Chardonnay to me and take it to take it takes it to the register where Emily's like there's not a bottle there's not a bottle in this place over $20 no absolutely certainly not one (laughs) worth over $20 (laughs) no so then Emily picks it up and she looks at it oh it's a this is a very nice selection I believe this is a $300 bottle of wine and Kim's like oh yeah yeah it is and meanwhile, Lily's like, you're not paying $300 for this wine. We should just go. And I, at this point, I think Beth is just, just, she just wants to be done with this. So she pulls out her purse and she grabs $300 in cash and hands it over. And the cash is also a problem for these ladies because <laughs> Marjorie's like. Because counting. Well, counting. Kim has to count it because, you know, she might shortchange her on this ridiculously overpriced bottle of wine. And then Marjorie's like, the only people who carry that much cash are whores and thieves. And she's like, or waitresses, which, yes, valid. Also, you can have cash. People use cash. It's fine. Wow. (laughs) And then, yeah, so uh, then they just, they they can't leave the store because Leslie and Marjorie are all in their faces. And then there's a shove. And then Kim pulls a gun out from somewhere. And things are terrible. Right. I think it's important to note that it is revealed between the meeting and now that Leslie was a prison release. Yes. That um, someone kind of is helping out to like ingratiate into the community a little bit more. Yes. Yes. Because she's been in prison for a while. She has. She has been in prison for a while. We don't know what for. Nope. Oh, are we. It's and, murder. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know. She's too young. I think it's too young. She's too young to be out already for murder. <laughs> Unless, yeah, it's it's it's, but it's definitely some sort of assault. It's, it's certainly something violent. Um, yeah. And when she revealed that, she did say she was, uh, she missed that lifestyle. She liked the structure. She liked being told what to do and when to do it. Um, she's, she's very subby and very upfront about it. So yay her. But <laughs> yeah, very maga. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, no, she's like, I'm no independent thinker. I just want you to tell me what to do and I will do it. <laughs> right. Don't make me think. Yeah. But she, she also clearly learned how to take care of herself in prison. And she, yes. and she is, she is the one who really pushes things forward from here on out. So finally, Beth and Lily managed to leave the store. 
Emily is having her fifth breakdown of the movie with zero actual tears, I might add. Right. Not a single run of eyeliner, just, but, oh my God, this sniffling and sniveling. Um, her husband comes in and because he was going to pick them up at the store to take them Yeah, home. we definitely have to talk about this husband. This husband, who is, I don't know, seven feet tall. And <laughs> they, they, Kim's like, you guys are going to make the prettiest, tallest babies. Like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. And he, Craig, he just, I honestly, I feel like he's terrified of his wife. He's absolutely. Oh yeah. She's, she is terrifying. Yes. He just wants to let it go. Just let's go home. And meanwhile, Leslie's over there like, no, we need to go to their house. You know where this bitch lives. You need to go to her house. We're going to shit in her tub or steal her passport or something. It'll be fun. Yeah. And um, Craig's, it, it'll be a felony. Right. He's like, no, absolutely not. We're not doing that. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. he really wants out of there. But then Emily comes back with that same speech she gave the kid with the, I need you to be a big man here and <laughs> stand up for yourself. And then she gets super derogatory, um, you know, using gendered slurs that I just don't approve of. <laughs> I think that, I also think that um, in a different situation, Craig is... Craig is Leslie. Yeah. And I think I think Craig has been Leslie. I think I think that's entirely possible. I think he's I think he's an ex-con. That's that's the feeling I got. I don't know if that's how he was playing it. Um, because he does definitely has some fear of where this could lead and he doesn't want to go back to it. I don't well and I don't know if I mean it, it could be fear from his own personal experience or because he fear talks to Leslie's brother who is in prison yep. um, and who is in prison presumably for something he did to Beth. Yes. Again, it's a small town. So yeah, so they're... They... I'm pretty sure I know exactly what he did. To oh me. yeah. I'm, I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think it's just the I, foreshadowing. I, I think it's needed. the foreshadowing. And, and, but I think at some point it is explicitly stated what he did to Beth and, and it's not good. <laughs> No. He he deserves to be, and he's actually it, it's not he's not in prison. He's in jail. That is a that's a that's a distinction I think that needs to be made more regularly. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't think he's been to trial. So he either hasn't been to trial or hasn't been sentenced, or he was given less than a year. Um, right. Because uh, yeah, right. if you can you can do a short sentence in a jail as well. So yeah. you know, jail is also easier as easier as any sort of incarceration system gets than yeah. than a prison typically true but we don't care we don't yeah i don't i don't i don't care i know and i'm just my my feelings about incarceration aside jeff is there yeah and uh for, for the system that we have that's as good a place as we can put him as any okay sure and and craig either yeah either has had some experience like that or as just inferred from his interactions with Jeff that this is not something that he wants to do. He is he is very, very explicit about not wanting to go to jail. <laughs> he doesn't want anybody to have a felony. And he he is kind yeah. of our voice of reason. I mean, not that he's all that effective. No, he doesn't have any control over him. No, he's terrified of her. He is absolutely terrified of yeah. her. So she bullies him into the van and they go, they, they go up the street to Beth's house. I don't know where Beth and Lily went that it wasn't straight home. Because, like I said, I don't think there's another grocery store close by. And it is, like, half a mile up the road. It's not far. <laughs> it's No, but they did go somewhere, yeah. yeah. So so they, they pull up, and, and Craig is, uh, you know, he's like, there's only one way in and out of this place. It's too secluded. It's too, there's, we can definitely identifiable coming in and out of here. He makes them leave their phones at the store so that they, there's no 
ping trace of them. Like mm-hmm. he, he, I do feel like he knows what he's doing here. And he agrees to stand watch while they play their little prank. He's clearly uncomfortable, but also, also <laughs> not going to stop them. No, has no intention of stopping them. No, I don't, I don't think he could, honestly. I think he's just hoping that Beth and Lily aren't there. And that this is just going to be a prank. Right, yeah. I'm, I think he's hoping that Leslie shits in their tub and they can leave and that's it. So right. so the, the ladies go through the house and they uh, Leslie breaks some stuff and they, they put they, the dog in a cupboard. It's a cute yeah. little puppy in a cupboard. And Marjorie's going on and on about how this house is so much nicer than her apartment and that they've got a she's got a washer and dryer and like Marjorie is jealous of everything and how dare brown people have anything at all when her and her terrible attitude has a shitty apartment where it has to go to the laundromat. Right. And even though this has been it's been established that this house is um Beth's parents. Right. House. Yes, she inherited from her parents. And they're dead. And they're dead. Yes. It's, it's, it was an inheritance yeah. from her parents. You know, Beth is I, I don't know, I'm going to say our age, which means her parents probably bought that house in the 60s or 70s when it was i don't you know dirt cheap to buy a house in the woods right um and it's not you know it's not a huge house but it's it's very nice it's uh it has a view it has a gorgeous view it's it has beautiful yeah. wood interiors um yeah. it's 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 i mean i'd like to live there but yeah, yeah marjorie's like nice. she's got a kayak i mean like it's a, it's a kayak. It's just two hundred dollars max. It's not an expensive piece of equipment. Yeah. Kim and Emily go upstairs and they find a passport because, of course, this bitch is an American. And we don't see the passport. I don't know. It's kind of it, it's bluish when we see it kind of going by. It could be a U.S. passport. And these people are just dumb because they are dumb. But I don't. Well, and a passport is emblematic of people who are going places other than right. Also, where they're at, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. These these are she's she's whether or not it's a U.S. passport, she is someone who travels at or at least has traveled, and so they're going to burn the passport, which is inconvenient for her. But you know, it's it she can replace that, and then then they come home. So they're downstairs, and Craig comes in, and it's oh shit, she's coming up the driveway. Everybody hide. And Emily starts yelling at Emily and Craig are hiding behind the couch like it's a fucking surprise party. They are, she's like whisper yelling at him and he starts slapping his own face, which tells me that she has spent a lot of time slapping him. Mm-hmm. When Beth comes through the door, Craig jumps up and grabs her. And I, I probably, right. to, to appease his wife, <laughs> right. he, he grabs her and he's very apologetic about it, but still... <laughs> still grabs her and forces her into a chair where Leslie immediately starts duct taping her hands together. And Craig is, you know, like, I, what, what is, what is even happening here? What is going on? You guys need to, we need to, we need to leave. We need to leave. Kim has the gun again and she's pointing the gun at him. Craig steps outside and grabs the other one, Lily, and hauls her inside, kicking and screaming. Uh, Then he just bails. And that is the last we see of Craig. Like, I don't know if he just walked home. Was it he? I remember him, like, at some point, because when he, he pulls up, because he's driving. No, he's not. I thought he was driving at the first part of it. No, he got in the van with the, in Kim's van with everyone else. All right. Because um, he, he, he had to move the seat, and he was all scrunched up in that middle seat in the van. That's right. So, 
because again he's seven feet tall. Oh my god! And and yeah, and he just he bails. I, I'd like to think to call the police, but I I certainly not. <laughs> no, I can't imagine. But yeah, no, actually, in my in my imagination, he's outside pacing around like, and then just says, "Fuck it, she can do whatever she wants," and and leaves. and leaves and just like walks down the hill and finds the nearest bar and buys the cheapest beer possible. Absolutely. Yeah. And some shots. And some shots. And uh, she's going to, you know, talk to some other dudes about right. about how terrible his wife is. But not terrible because she is abusive and <laughs> runs his life, but, you know. Right. So now we're at the uncomfortable. Now we're at the most <laughs> uncomfortable. The so, most uncomfortable thing. So the Lily and Beth are tied up in the chairs with duct tape over their mouths. Leslie is just going nuts. She's screaming and yelling. They've got music playing. Marjorie's filming things on Beth's phone because she's an idiot. And while she's an idiot, well, Leslie is like putting mayonnaise in Lily's hair and then shoving trail mix down her throat. And 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 then we go over to Beth. Leslie's like yelling at Beth, like this is what you get for standing up for yourself. Thank you for being super explicit. And <laughs> just. It's terrible. It's so, it is so hard to watch. Like everything from here on out is so, so hard to watch. Right. Um, and, I th- and then it's, it sort of culminates in, in Beth being, well, Beth, Beth, Lily dies. Yeah. Well, Beth is panicking and pointing her bound hands towards Lily and, yeah. um, and Lily's having a seizure of some sort. And finally these people notice and Lily falls out of the chair and onto the floor and they, pull the tape off of her mouth thinking she's choking on something and she's actually her eyes are rolled back in her head and she's foaming at the mouth right and she's she's having an anaphylactic shock from the from the from the pe- yeah and so they get they get beth's tape off and she's she's screaming peanut allergy she has a peanut allergy mm-hmm. um and it's yeah it, it's it's terrible and it's terrifying mm-hmm. And Leslie does go look for an EpiPen, but she comes back with it and the seizure has passed and Lily is still and she's like, oh, I guess I'm too late. And then just tosses it like we're not even going to try to do anything here. We're not going to do CPR. We're not going to shoot her with the EpiPen. Nothing. We're just going to let her. She's dead and that's it. We're, We're done. We're done. And and Beth is crying and trying to, you know, revive her sister. And it's it's. It's terrible. The, the Our four Nazi women are freaking out. They're all freaking out. Kim's like, I don't want to lose my kids. Craig told right. you not to do this. <laughs> like he, right. Even, he, this was- I'm trying to recall. It hasn't been that long since I've seen it, but something flips and it gets way worse. I mean, it's so, it's bad enough that Lily gets killed. So, yeah. So there's, well, everyone's freaking out here. And then uh, Marjorie's just like screaming, crying. And then mm-hmm. the sound cuts out. So everything goes inaudible and quiet. And we just look at Emily's back as she's staring out over the lake and at sunset. And this was one of the like hard things about doing anything that unfolds in real time is the position of the sun. And I think that She did a really good job with this. And I don't know if she managed to shoot all of the skyline shots in one day or if it took several days of, holy crap, it is now 7.05 and we need to be in this location. Right. (laughs) Um, But beautiful job with that. Anyway, so we're looking at her back and the screen is just dead silent for like a minute 
while Emily is gathering her thoughts together. And then she turns around and she's like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We've got it. We've got to get rid of this body. And we've got to make sure that Beth never says anything to anyone about this. And then Leslie, helpful little hateful cheerleader that she is, chimes in with, we need to make it look like a rape because no one will suspect women if it's rape. Right. And that's when it gets really, really bad. Right. So fortunately, we don't actually see it on camera. What we see, we see Leslie go to the vegetable crisper and retrieve, I believe, a carrot. Yes. And we're, the camera's just focused on her face as she is yelling at Beth and uh, doing this terrible thing to her with some produce. Yeah, it's gross. It's, it's, it's really gross. Um, again, it's not. And, it's, it's, and it does feel like what, what um, the brother did to her yes, as well. Yes, yeah. I, I believe. Yes, <laughs> Ab- absolutely. I and I, and I, yeah, and I can't, I just, I feel so terrible for for Beth in this moment where like this poor woman she's she's already been sexually assaulted once by one yeah. member of this group of people and then mm-hmm. now again and you know they've killed her sister and you know Leslie and I also get the feeling this is not the first time Leslie's done this she she seems to know what she's doing yeah um it's yeah it seems like so, probably something that um like something that maybe happened in prison, something right. that, like, like this is what you get if you if you talk shit. Or right? Whatever. Yeah, because there there was a whole lot of this is what you get talk from her. Yeah, and then when she's finished, she just stands up, goes to the sofa, grabs a throw pillow, and then comes back and suffocates her. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think anyone else uh, knew that was going to happen, but nobody stopped her. No, nobody even tried to stop her. No, and I think the okay, I bringing it back to the the horror movie elements of this the 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 stuff that happens in the cabin mm-hmm. feels really like a bookend to last house on the left from the 70s it does have a very 70s the way it's shot everything that, yeah that, that is true it, it does yeah. and and the the cabin itself has a very 70s feel yeah and, and it's got a it's got this element this sort of um this atmosphere of hopelessness mm-hmm. sort of is over the whole thing. And it's it's so dark and disturbing. <laughs> it is. But you kind of, you just, you either, you just want to retreat from it. But you hope, beyond hope at this point, that people get their comeuppance. Right. But it's so late in the movie. It is. It is. <laughs> yeah, you're looking at, and again, this is a 90 minute runtime, And we are at like 75 <laughs> At this point, yeah, it could be even later than that. I mean, possibly, I think, actually, yeah, I don't. It takes them a while to to get through their cleanup phase. So they they yeah. decide they're going to clean up, and somebody goes and gets the kayak bag to put the bodies in. They they mm-hmm. zip the sisters into the kayak bag. Emily is doing so, and I guarantee they left so much DNA all over that place because every single one of those women has long hair, and they're so dumb. And they are they're so dumb. <laughs> They're so, so <laughs> now, now when they're after they have um, assaulted and killed two people is when they put on some gloves. I, I, you're, yeah. it's, you're a little late for that. Um, They've touched everything. Yes, they, they absolutely touched everything. They, their Marjorie's hands were on literally everything. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's, a, of course, left up to Emily to clean. Yes. Yeah. And she's, again, crying without actually crying. And uh, yeah cleaning you know and there's mayonnaise on everything and it's just it's just a mess so she you know does a shit job cleaning up 
they they load the bodies into the van. They get back in, and and again, Craig is gone, and so I can only assume that he has just bailed. Oh yeah, and, he's done. And, and I mean, with any luck, he's at home packing a bag, but I, I guarantee he's not. So they get in the van and they drive to uh, an abandoned property where Kim keeps a boat of some kind. It's a it's like it's a kayak or a canoe. Um, canoe so it's yeah. not. When she said boat, I was expecting you know at least like a twelve foot fishing boat. <laughs> Like some kind of, but nope, it's a canoe. Yeah. And I have no idea how she got those bodies into the water out of a canoe without capsizing. I, I don't. Did she capsize? She did not capsize. She, they, her, okay. Emily and Leslie take the bodies out in the canoe and dump them overboard. And they don't even take them that far. Um, oh, God. Dump the bodies overboard and then bail. And they're, the plan for, the, is for them to then go back to the cabin and do a more thorough cleaning, uh, which they're not going to do. They're, Again, they touched way too much stuff. But the camera stays on the the ripples on the lake where the bodies went in. And we hear the boat going in. And then our final shot is Beth surfaces and is gasping for air. She's made it out of the bag. She wasn't dead. And so she she will live to testify. But really... Unless... (laughs) Although I'm thinking, just get out of the tent. Right, right. Because... She, she obviously testified against Jeff, and look where that got her. Right. I mean, I'm right. not... Yeah, because... Uh, no justice. I mean, even when they when they dump the bodies, I'm at... I think the viewer is such a, at such a hopeless space because this town seems so overwhelmingly... The only the only fresh air, I guess, is the, the, the pastor kicking their asses out of the church. Right. But otherwise, it's it's such a small town in such a secluded area that you begin to believe that most of the people are like these four women. Right. So it's just like, I don't know that there's any hope for you other than trying to escape. I don't. Place. I don't either. And, yeah. you know, and, 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 and the, the, that that would involve not only the fact that she has to bury her sister there, but leaving her family's property and selling that to also probably terrible people. None of that feels good. Just no. none of it. This now that okay now that we're into this, I feel like this has a um, another seventies correlation. Okay. This feel it feels a lot like what it would have been like if my if I spit on your grave. Oh God, it's been forever since ended, I saw that. Ended at the rape. Yeah. Hmm. Because the the lead in is like the sort of misogynistic um, equivalent to the racism. Yeah. So you've got all of these guys, and it's like this whole gang rape thing, right? Which which honestly, what happens in the what happens in the cabin is like a gang rape, right? The whole thing. Oh, yeah. No, it's it absolutely just, is. Right? It doesn't matter yeah. that there was only one particular... No, it, it's all they were them. all there. They were all... They all participated in one way or another. Craig, too. Yeah. Yeah. By, so, by virtue of um, not, ironically, not being a stand-up kind of stand-up-for-yourself sort of man and standing right. up for his to his wife, he, he is definitely complicit. So why do you think the choice was made to not give the viewer um, any sort of... Oh, Sort of, sort of conclusion. So that, and that, I think that is what, to me, makes it not horror. Is, uh, I spit on your grave, or revenge, or yes. and um, any of the other horror movies that we typically see where there's a uh, a sexual assault. There's it's followed by a bloodbath. Right. We get we get a conclusion of some kind, but yeah, we don't we don't get that here. We just get. This slightly hopeful moment of a teary, drenched Beth trying to make her way out of the lake just after sunset, and that know, and that like, that feels more 
like drama true crime to me. I don't know. I think it. Oh, I think the horror lies in how it makes you feel at the end. It makes you feel hopeless. And <laughs> it makes you feel hopeless. And I mean, there's certainly that's the that was the the feeling of all of those 70s horror movies. And it definitely has that reality yes. kind of feel to it, the way it's filmed. And um, that sort of backwoods, like no one can hear you scream kind of thing. Right, right. Um, yeah, and it, then, it does, it, it also, back to a 70s sort of era of filmmaking, where uh-huh. the the killers are the ones who survive. Like there's, you know, yeah. like it, it's just no survivors for the, all the victims die or most of the victims die. right. And yeah, that does. Yeah, I don't. I'm just. Yeah, I did. I do hope that. Um, I mean, you come out of it hoping that Beth gets some sort of revenge, at least through the legal system. But, but she has not known any kind of justice prior to this. No, not so far. And you're you're just. I I don't know. I really felt like she has no hope for any in the future. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like the intent of like the intent of the whole movie is to sort of. Uh, it's like a, a mirror on America right now, and sort of the the mindless sort of hate and you know just like this struggle with otherness that you know a good portion of like at least I would say at least seventeen million people right are experiencing. I know they would like to say forty five or whatever, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I definitely see it as a horror movie. Okay, as I have, I, I'd, I'm on the fence about it being horror. I think that the the reason for it is more in terms of how it's filmed um, and what the intention is than it following any specific kind of structure. So that's um, go ahead. Oh no! I remember that? Um, oh god, damn it! Olivia Coleman movie with the she was on the beach with the the other daughter. Yeah, is it the other daughter? It's oh god, the lost. The Lost Daughter with Dakota Johnson. Yeah. yeah. That felt to me like it followed more horror beats than this one did. And it was much less violent um, mm-hmm. overall and, and yeah. much I mean, and much like not nearly the sense of just dread and doom that this one had. No, that's the director does an amazing job in this movie building tension. So, so good. And then it's, I, it's, I, because I'm pretty sure, like I said, that this is based on her lived experience. And that makes me very sad. Uh, yeah. But that's that's the country we live in and at the time we live in. It right. fucking sucks. Right. I think it's really, it's really interesting that she decided to tackle this subject in a film almost entirely populated by women. Uh, but I, I think that's intentional. Yeah. Um, be, well, you know, like like Emily says at the beginning, it's we are we are the best kept secret because... <laughs> We travel, we tread lightly, tread softly, and speak quietly. We are. Right. But the, and the other piece is, I think, that um, is to show that there is a sort of a motherly quotient to toxic masculinity. Yes. So it's like they definitely are pushing their men to be toxic. Right. And to, and the, their children also, obviously, from the very beginning. Right. The, 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 little, the boy. little boy. That, that she yeah. pushes him to stand up for himself to this right. janitor who's just trying to do her damn job. Because I think a lot of times when you hear sort of right-leaning people talk about the, just in a sort of a flippant way that toxic masculinity is just some made-up woke shit. And in fact, they're, you know, it's like it's because they have a hard time 
realizing that we are all perpetuating it. Right. Right. So yeah. It's, it's like yeah. They they don't they don't see that in the in the same breath that they're this is some woke shit and men just need to be men. That that is literally you're so close to getting the point. It. You're so close to getting it. <laughs> you're right on the edge. <laughs> yeah. No. But I think it's interesting then that they you know these same women are so like this is so ingrained in them. Right. That they're able to do these things that would typically be like in any other movie. These would be the men doing. This. Right. But yeah. but no, it's uh, and, and I, I I think that that's pretty I mean, yeah. women can, especially under this yoke of the patriarchy, can when they're can be so super terrible. I'm, I'm just I'm at a loss for words because <laughs> this this I, I don't want to sound anti-feminist. These women are awful. Right. They're they're the worst, I, and they're the worst because of patriarchy and the way that they see their role within the patriarchy as yes. as the pillars of support for men. And they're doing this partially because they feel like it it restores what they consider a natural order of things, like where, where women belong in a certain place. And the second any of them steps out of that place, like Marjorie Early says, "I'm game," and you know when she says when when asked to go for wine. And Emily says, you, you sound like an ape when you talk like that. It's just basic language usage. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but the second any toe gets out of line, they are quick to nip each other back in. And this assault on these two Asian women is just they're further out of the alignment. And so that requires more robust nudging. Right. So this movie did not get, um, this was not well received by everybody. Oh. This is sort of, this was very divisive. I'm sure. And then I, I feel like that, that IMDb review was pretty, yeah. pretty accurate for how people saw it. And we're like, well, it was, it was pretty good, but it was really uncomfortable. It's really uncomfortable. It's supposed to be uncomfortable. Um, it had better be uncomfortable. <laughs> Yeah, I think it, I'm looking at some of the um, the letterboxed reviews on it, and it's like, you know, hated. It's because they hated the characters. It, you're not supposed to like them. You're not supposed to like them. They're terrible people. Yes. But all right, so that is that is actually, I think, something else that we don't typically see in horror is where you're following the terrible people. Like, that is your focus of the film. We're not We're not following the victims. We don't see it through their eyes. We see it through the eyes of the perpetrators. Right. And that is um, unusual and definitely uncomfortable. Okay. Anyways, is that soft and quiet? (laughs) Is that the the end? This has been Terrifying Women. I'm Kelly Sink. My co-host is Mark Henry. And we don't know what the hell we're doing. Music is They Come at Night by Shane Ivers via the Silverman Sound website. Thank you for listening.